Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 20 years, wrestling memorabilia collector and cat enthusiast, Troy Adams, and your second co-host is the walking, talking wrestling encyclopedia and figure hunter extraordinaire. He is the games master to my Dr. Death. Say hi to Greg. What's up, man? Good Lord. (laughs) What? (laughs) The games master, really? Well... I told you I always stay topical, and... No, I know. Topical. I'm not saying you're off topic. It's just, wow. <laughs> yeah. I forgot until I... Who the hell makes a Kevin Sullivan topic. reference? <laughs> uh, apparently me. I, well, 
I, you know, I, I, I forgot, by the way, that he changed his name to the Games Master until I was watching the show, and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember. Well, I mean, I would have preferred the Taskmaster. I mean, the Dungeon of Doom was, you know, legendary. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about that last week. If any of you, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, um, if, if any of you go in the archives, uh, episode number dos, two weeks ago, we talked about Great American Bash 1996. On the show, we talk about the Dungeon of Doom. We don't go into depth on it, but we kind of cover some members that would be joining, that did join. And it's kind of weird looking back at WCW 1996 to realize the Dungeon of Doom still had, well, I don't want to say still had steam in them because that would not be accurate. But they, they, no, would still I, keep they were going. on fire, dude. They would still keep going for a while. They were on fire like a garbage can full of waste. <laughs> I am pushing I, TJ to do a Dungeon of Doom retrospective, by the way, everyone. So fingers maybe, crossed. Maybe once we get a Patreon going eventually down the line, we can do that. And you and I were talking about doing um, doing a review on No Holds Barred at some point. So we could do that. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that that movie's on Hulu, so I have easy access to it. So cool. Oh well, because everybody wants easy access to that. By the way, what's that? Smell I can't. I'm sensing sarcasm in your voice. I just. Well, uh, moving on to subject at hand here. We're officially in July. It's July first, everybody, and we are officially th- uh, three days away from our nation's birthday here in America. So it's uh, we're we're getting to that that time of year where the kids put the magical hat on America. It wakes up and says, happy birthday. All while staying six feet apart from one another. Oh, well, of course. And wearing a mask outside, (laughs) outside, wear that mask. Uh, Yeah, no. Come to California. You have to wear it everywhere. Yeah. Well, we're um, we're officially diving into July, which means we're. You know, we teased it before. We're covering the epic trilogy of matches in the NWA from Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair for the NWA world title. This event kicks that off. And we're, you know, that's obviously the big story of the event. There are some other big matches here, some good things to talk about. Some other not so great things. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. But you want to dive into all the news and notes from around this time, Greg? Sure. I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. any of it off the top of my head. So I I watched the event. Well, how how old are you at the time? Like four? What was this, 89? Yeah. 
So I probably have no memory of wrestling at this point. Yeah. I don't so. start remembering anything until late 89. Okay, maybe I did then. I, I forget. Know. Well, I forget some of the stuff that went down around this time period. Like some major stuff and some stuff that was still limping along. This, for instance, this month, Carlos Colon went into PR overdrive during the uh, Jose Gonzalez trial. Jose Gonzalez, by the way, was invader, I want to say number one, uh, I think. He was the one who allegedly stabbed Bruiser Brody to death in the shower in Puerto Rico. But uh, Carlos has been spending much of his time in an effort of turning Car- uh, Gonzalez babyface on TV to the point of where fans who were in attendance for a show one day after the trial actually cheered when the verdict was announced and Jose did not go to jail. Justice. Think, yeah. Think about that, Greg. Just if any of you want a more in-depth dive into all of that, go check out Dark Side of the Ring from season one. I don't, was that their first episode? I don't know if it was their first, but honestly, man, that one's crazy to watch. I'm a huge advocate of that show, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's it's an amazing it's, show, but I will tell you, it's hard to watch that time. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, definitely. When it's you're hard to endorse, it, you know. but hard to not say it's good. Well, it, I think it brings awareness to some of the stuff that gets buried, which I think is great because how many people would have got the true story of Bruiser Brody throughout the years if not for Dark Side of the Ring? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, And you can all form your own conclusions about uh, Jose Gonzalez, Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher and Carlos Colon and, and, and others. But, yeah, it was. It was tough listening to uh, Tony Tony Atlas um, just talk about, you know, all this and carrying his friend bleeding to death to the hospital. It was it was rough. Uh, Something else that was a little weird around this time. Linda McMahon went to the New Jersey Senate this week and admitted that pro wrestling is fake to avoid regulations that the uh, from the Athletic Commission. The key is that New Jersey is a 3% has a 3% tax that goes to the commission and the WWF is holding WrestleMania there in a little over a month and that tax applies to not only the live gate but to any money generated from TV revenues as well. A current affair, And that's after Trump takes his cut. Good lord. A current affair made it into a big story uh and interviewed Roddy Piper and everything. Uh, Piper's stance, <laughs> Vince McMahon, Piper's stance. Sorry, I just, I'm sorry. I already see where this is going. <laughs> well, he interviewed Piper, who, by the way, was not in the WWF in 1989, at least not yet. Uh, he was on his way and, back at that WrestleMania. Yes. But at this time he was not. And his stance is that Vince McMahon is a liar. Wrestling is real. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I just, by the I, way, I thought I was going to get more graphic than that. Cause you know, <laughs> He's a wild guy. Yeah, uh, I didn't get deep into the article. He probably, blah, 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 let me tell you something. Blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I, I I, didn't, you know. No, that's Hulk Hogan. Well, no, his would be, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> Which, by the way, I saw, we were speaking about No Holds Barred earlier. I saw a commercial for it that played during a WWF show in the, um, you know, around this time. And he was in full rip gear with the No Holds Barred logo behind him. And he said No Holds Barred in this promo about like 20 times. 
and and think all the little Hulkamaniacs are going to watch it. And if they've already watched it, drag their parents down there, make them watch it again in theaters. And if they don't, he was going to drop the big leg on them. And I was like, child right. you. <laughs> My question is, who took them initially? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, how did the little kids ride their bikes? And now they need to. I don't know. It's weird. And if you've already seen it once in theaters, you're not going back. I'm just saying that now. Yeah, but hey, it's one yeah. of my guilty pleasures, so screw you. I mean, it didn't suck. It just was. Uh, I mean, I I can say with, with all honesty, it did suck. But like, you know, <laughs> not in a way where I'm like, I'm not watching this again. No, it's one no, of those that's... things that's like bad, but like, I don't know. I'm just there's something about no, it. That's, that's Mr. Nanny. All right. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, watch. Oh, uh, and Santa with muscles. But the point of this, I, I replied, I replied to that one. And I said, um, you know, oh, yeah, uh, child abuse. Woo. You know, he was building up for that 96 heel turn. And uh, somebody said, dude, Hulk Hogan would leg drop his grandmother for a payday. I said, you're probably using a triple H. He'd, he'd uh, sledgehammer his mom for a title. <laughs> He's pretty like, sure JR said that about him. <laughs> Good Lord. Why um, is that the thing, by the way? I want a world title, so I'm going to. Sledgehammer my mother. <laughs> well, you know, she gets in the way. Uh, I'm just throwing this out there, by the way. I'm getting some of these news and notes from the Wrestling Observer at the time. I threw out all the speculative and the opinions and crap. So most of this is just like, in retrospect, this stuff is fact. So just throwing that out there. We were originally told that WrestleMania five would be fighting on pay-per-view against Russell War 89, the ultimate gamble. Both booked on the same day of April 2nd. There were 11 million pay-per-view homes, but only 2 million of them have the ability for both, to offer both shows, and the other 9 millions or, million or so are mostly on Turner's side and will only carry Russell War. However, this was due to Vince McMahon demanding a higher cut of the pay-per-view pie when Vince eventually dropped his demands, instead only asking for 40%, the pay-per-view and cable companies stabbed Turner in the back and said that they would carry WrestleMania instead. To save face, billionaire Ted moved the date of WrestleMania and said that they would hold a free Clash of the Champions event on that day instead on regular cable that would feature the Flair Steamboat 2 match from the trilogy, which we will cover in two weeks. Man, that's a mess. Like, have you ever heard of this? I have, yeah. I just... That's that's nuts. And somebody somebody made the reference that they were like the pay-per-view companies did this all along. They were never going to carry Russell War. They wanted to carry Mania. They were doing this to back Vince down. And then at the end, they pulled their hood off. Like and I was like, it was me all along, Turner. It was sports so, entertainment. Never wrestling. I mean, it was kind of dirty. pool. I mean, your, it's your cutthroat, man. I mean, you don't say. At the end of the day, it's still a business, you know? I mean, no matter what side you choose, you know? So, it's like... Yeah. I you have to look have at it like a, that. I would have a hard time feeling bad for Ted Turner here, by the way, considering... I wouldn't feel bad for either one of them. I'm sure they're both doing they're both doing fine at the time. They just want to be doing more fine. Well, it's not so much, what, you know, if they're doing good or doing bad, but just the fact that both of them had a history of stabbing people in the back, you know, to rise up the corporate ladder throughout the time, you know, so 
And it, like he said, it's business. It is what it is. And by the way, and Donald Trump's involved in this too, kind of with the whole with WrestleMania being in Trump Tower or Trump Plaza. Biggest so. WrestleMania ever, greatest show of all time. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. The biggest crowd, WrestleMania history, huge. Well, <laughs> did that I was more spot on than ever. That was more spot on than you've ever had, actually. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, we do stupid, terrible impressions on the show sometimes, by the way. So just don't throw on that take that there. as an endorsement or anything. Please just don't read into uh-huh. it. People will read into crap. Don't. Yep. We don't do politics on the show, people. Uh, Vince don't do politics. Immediate... We don't do religion. Yeah. Uh, Vince just don't be a Steelers reason. fan or we don't. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Vince's immediate retaliation to the announcement of this show, Chi-Town Rumble, by the way was a loaded-up Chicago show going uh, just two days before Chi-Town Rumble. And then he signed J.J. Dillon away from the NWA, which, from everything I heard, meh. Not sure that was a big get. Uh, But in the impending Chicago war between the NWA and WWF, Vince is winning handily by a score of 9,500 tickets sold for his house show, not even television, a house show, Versus 1,200 tickets sold for Chi-Town Rumble. Ouch. Yeah. A house show versus a... What was this show, by the way? What, the the house show or the... Yeah. I have no idea. Um, I think Warrior and Savage were working the main event. I think. I can't... Don't quote me on that. Oh, that would sell at that period. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon allegedly called up Ted Turner after all of this, by the way, to make peace and offer a truce that they would agree not to raid each other or sabotage any more pay-per-views. That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Wow. Spoiler, it doesn't. (laughs) Both of them continue to bicker and just throw, you know, lob shots at each other until the day WCW shuts its doors. And even after it technically is over, they still kind of crap on the corpse. So, which, look, we can say all we want about Vince McMahon doing that, but if the roles were reversed, you don't think Eric Bischoff would be out there dancing on the dead corpse of WWF weekly? Hell no. Here's what I was was talking about earlier with things limping along in 1989. Larry Zabisco, who... Wow! Dave had... Well, not him, but the company. Uh, by the way, Uncle Dave had, you know, I, I've I've been insulted before. Oh, why do you call him Uncle Dave? Aren't you thinking I'm assuming, and you're trying to insult him, giving him nicknames or whatever? Like apparently, Uncle is a, you know, that that that's an insulting name, Greg. Um, so don't uh, I, I don't, don't his precious bucks call him that? I probably I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. Yeah, well, I'm almost 100 certain the young bucks came up with Uncle Dave. Probably did, but uh, I've been insulted for this before and told off, but, you know, whatever. I don't give a crap. But Uncle Dave himself loves to give insulting nicknames to people, like the Junkyard Dog was the junk food dog when he started gaining weight. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior was the Anabolic Warrior, you know, stuff like that. Well, I found Okay, out- yeah, you know, usually I want to call him a hypocrite, but good lord, the dude's ripped, so, you know, <laughs> as far as the junk food part goes, so I guess he... <laughs> I'm not saying get away with it, but, you know, at least he's not some 500-pound guy saying this. 
Right. Yeah. With a big neck beard. Uh, but I found out that he had a nickname for Larry Zabisco. You want to know what that was? Do I? He hyphenated <laughs> his last name. It was Larry Zabisco Gagne. Oh, I get. I guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because yeah, he married into the Gagne family yeah. and yeah, all that. But anyway. Oh, that one's actually clever. Yeah, I hate I giving like that man any credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Larry Zabisco was triumphant in the Battle Royale to determine the new AWA champion, although he was beltless because Vern was so yeah, aggressive. And, no, this was a belt. Uh, Vern was so aggressive in burying Jerry Lawler on TV that Lawler decided to, quote, forget to send the belt back. Convenient. Uh, yeah. And then the AWA started completely burying Jerry Lawler on TV to the point where it's completely embarrassing to listen to. While Lawler has been doing radio saying that Vern Gagne still thinks it's the 1950s. Uh, this is what I was talking about. Things limping along in 89. My God. And yet WWE is thriving. Yeah, NWA is doing pretty – believe it or not, NWA is doing decent business in 89. I think they did better in 90. Uh, I'm 91, almost certain, so by the so. way, NWA is ready to not be – is ready to be WCW. Yeah, oh, I think – pretty I sure think it's coming up. 90. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Uh, somebody on social media, if I'm wrong, give me a, give me a shout. Let me know because I always forget the timeline. Uh, I, I'm not good with this timeline stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but the WWF attempted to spin the main event ratings as the highest rated show on NBC that night. But in fact, what they meant to say was it was the lowest rated show on NBC the night. And in fact, lowest rated show on Friday in forever. Uh, this was the show where Hulk Hogan carries Miss Elizabeth to the back and Macho Man cracked him in the head of the WWF title. Wow, that's surprising. Okay. That's a historic moment. I know. Well, Uncle Dave notes that, in fact, based on percentages, the Flair Sting match at the Clash of Champions did far better than the show did, although that's cable versus network, so that's not really fair. However, the damning thing about the main event is that the show plunged as or the ratings plunged as the show went on. And that's not meaning that they waited until the end of the Mega Powers angle and then turned it off. It means that they watched just a few minutes of the show and then turned on something else. That kind of blows my mind. Like you said, it was such a historic thing. We look back at it with fancy, but it just, wow. I mean, in the end, what did it really hurt? Yeah, I mean, there's no excuse back then either. There's no, like, streaming or anything, so you're yeah. literally only one way to see it. Yeah, so how we can sit here and talk about, well, people are consuming the product one way or another. Right then and there, people were not consuming that product. That was it. That's uh, weird because it's only like one year after like the most watched event ever, the Hogan Andre. Yeah, maybe it was losing a bit of steam at this point. I I, I don't know. Uh, David Crockett is finally done as an announcer in the NWA, being replaced by Jim Ross for good. Good, he sucked. I don't remember David Crockett. Like I can't. He, he he never left an impression in my mind, good, bad, or indifferent. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I'll take that as you agree with me. Okay, cool. 
Tony Schiavone being upset at being moved off of the main NWO sh- or N- NWO NWA shows in favor of Jim Ross gave his notice and accepted a deal with the World Wrestling Federation. So Tony oh, wow. head I, I forgot he was there for a minute. Yeah, that's why when I go back and I watch old WWF shows from around this era, I'm like, holy crap, Tony Schiavone's there. I remember him at Royal Rumble 90. That's yes. it. Yeah, I specifically remember that. I because think he's he said, he's announcing when Hogan and Warrior have their show show off or showdown in the, the ring for a moment. So, yeah. yeah. I think he said WrestleMania 6 was his final show in WWE. He was but he wasn't there. at WrestleMania 6. No, I'm uh, not saying he called it, but he was there. Oh. Like, that was his final. Wow. That's got to suck. Yeah. I don't know, because that was what he said. Well, I remember Toronto. And that was it. That was my goodbye. So, yeah. Uh, and now looking back, he said he wishes he would have just stayed with the WWF. But, you know, retrospect, pal. Uh, Roddy Piper, who had been out of wrestling since 1987 due to a lawsuit involving being electrocuted. which I don't even remember this, uh, where he claims that the injuries uh, that he suffered injuries, rather, uh, as a result that left him unable to ever wrestle again. Uh, the lawsuit was just settled this month, so Piper is suddenly fine and he can wrestle again. <laughs> Man. Where did uh, this happen at? A movie set or something? I think, yeah, I think he got electrocuted on a movie set. They live? Uh, no, I think it was um, at Frogtown or whatever. You remember? You know what I'm talking about? Not a clue, some, sorry. Some. He did a movie, uh, like, Something comes to Frogtown or whatever, and yeah, I think that was it. Don't don't quote me on it, but I'm I'm pretty sure that was around this time. But yeah, so it's amazing how you know, like like the John Stossel thing. Like all of a sudden he wins that lawsuit, and now he can hear again, and all of his problems are fixed. This, you know, Roddy Piper wins this lawsuit, and all of a sudden, hey, I can wrestle. It's a miracle. By the power of the judge, I can wrestle. Brother Love has done his healing on Brother Roddy, and he can wrestle again. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, they were good pals, wow. so I might be telling the truth here. Uh, by the way, last, this isn't really news, but I thought it was an interesting tidbit. The Master of Pain debuted in WCCW this month. Uncle Dave said he's, quote, some big guy in a hood. He's very green. However, Uncle Dave believes that he may have some legit boxing experience because he throws some really good-looking punches. For those of you that don't know, the Master of Pain was The Undertaker. So, there's wow. an interesting tidbit for you. So, in a span, right. span of, like, one and a half years, he would went to all, except for AWA, three of the big four companies. Sure, we'll call World Class a big Well, it was one of the, I mean, one of the four, you know, whatever. I guess Japan was a thing back right. then. I don't think it was as big. No, no. And it's certainly not what it is now. Taker wrestled in Japan, but he was um, a WWF guy wrestling, you know, as like a talent trade kind of thing years later. Uh, but anyway. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Uh, yeah, let's get into the actual event here, man. Chi-Town Rumble 1989. I don't, I mean, we call it 89, but this is the only one. The date was February 20th, 1989 at the UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the attendance was 7,900 for a gate of 68,700. Not bad. And the paper 68,000 was- nowadays is laughed at. That's probably yeah. a huge amount back then. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible now. The American dollar, for folks. That time. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Inflation, pal. Damn it. Uh, but the pay-per-view buy rate, um, I saw disputed numbers. I think it was about a 1.5 for uh, 155,000 buys. What what uh, arena is this in, by the way? UIC Pavilion. Oh, okay. Yeah, not no, not the Rosemont. We not not the one we were at. Which you and uh, I were just at. <laughs> yeah, uh, Greg and I were at the uh, the Rosemont Horizon. Is that, is it still called the Rosemont? I forget. To me, it is, but I think it's the Allstate now. Oh, okay, yeah, that's at the All-State Arena, Rosemont Pavilion, whatever, or Horizon, I mean, whatever. Uh, we were if you're a wrestling fan, that's what you call it, okay? That's it, and that's right. all. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, we were there for NXT TakeOver War Games 2019 and uh, WWE Survivor Series 2019. We'll have to cover those shows uh, one what, day. What a weekend that was, huh? Oh, yeah, I drove there. Uh, drove us around Chicago. We did a lot of uh, collectible. Uh, we had some good. Uh, we had some good results too. I think. Yeah, I found an uh, an AWA Hulk Hogan, which it took it took me forever to figure out what it was. By the way, he's in all red. So uh, it was an AWA Hulk, uh, classic Hulk Hogan, uh, a Mojo Raleigh, which I mean I'm not bragging about, but I needed one. So, and you found some good stuff too. I can't even remember off the top. I of my got head. that Wolfpack Macho Man at uh, was it Quake Collectibles? Uh, yeah, I think it was called Quake. Quake. That's the one that uh, Cardona turned me on to. He goes, "This is an amazing shop," and we went there. And then we went. And I saw a video a couple days later. He was handling figs that we were touching. That was pretty cool. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So if if you're in Chicago and you like collectibles and all that, go to Quake. Oh. Quake is the best. And the dude is really cool, too. He will give you some really good deals. The figure I got should have been 50 bucks. He gave it to me for 20. So, yeah, good guy. Yep. Yep. Some good stuff. Uh, I believe you. And I think that's where I uh, you, you got. You asked the guy to check the back in Target and you got an extra Johnny Gargano for me. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So it's good stuff while we were there. But uh Yeah. The uh oh, we also ate at the Longhorn. That I'm pretty sure that's where uh, Chris Jericho <laughs> got the AEW title stolen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so many jokes that night, huh? 
good steak too, by the way. But you know, I Amazing. mean, not good. Yeah. yeah, not good enough to you know to for your title to get stolen. But hey, had an happy ending. He found it later. Uh, this show starts off with Jim Ross and Magnum TA running down all the matches we'll see tonight. We then get uh, get a hype video from some of the most 80s synth music ever playing <sighs> over it. It was yeah. My I, first <laughs> my first note on that. I'm glad you said that. Was first of all like hardcore 80s. Second yeah. that that opening. I feel like it went on for like 10 minutes. It did. It was, I, it's I, still I going through all of it. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I started watching it on Wednesday. I, I think it's still probably playing. But, yeah. <laughs> I haven't went back and checked. Uh, but yeah, I fast forwarded all of it. We start off right away, starting off hot, baby. <laughs> Bob Cottle interviews Michael P.S. Hayes backstage, who hypes up the event. And um, something that doesn't track in 2020, he's wearing a um, he's wearing a rebel flag, like shiny jacket thing but yeah i noticed that <laughs> it's like uh, it is well, what it is but it's something that may have been more ugly than that jacket was this match he took on it was michael p.s hayes taking on the russian assassin number one with paul jones in his corner it went for 15 minutes 48 seconds some plotting boring match that was used to welcome the crowd to the event tons of blown spots Hayes comes off the ropes with a DDT for the win. The Russian assassin number one, by the way, was actually played here by Jack Victory, who we'll talk about later. He was under a hood because the real Russian assassin number one was fired earlier in the week. Uncle Dave called this, quote, the usual Hayes stall fest with a DDT. <laughs> he and I. I... One... Oh, go ahead before the rating. I think this shows that Michael Hayes is a career tag team guy. Uh, uh, yeah, I never once saw Michael Hayes match and thought, my God, that was great. I mean, not a not a singles anyway. But me and Uncle Dave both gave this one and a half stars. What say you? I gave it a solid one. Yeah, it was. I was like struggling solid. to watch it. And like there were times I hate whenever I say this during a wrestling match, I know it's a problem. Like this is still going. And. I wanted to commit and watch it. Okay. I didn't want to fast forward it. And there were times I actually thought about doing it. Yeah. I think when I was a kid, I probably would have got bored if I was watching this when I was at it. I mean, maybe I did. I don't remember it, but, um, yeah, I just, why yeah, was this match on there? I don't know. I really don't. I, I mean, it was, again, it was a welcome match. Hey, thanks for coming out. Here's this. You do that on the pre-show. Well, they didn't, they, they didn't do pre-show then. back then, pal. God dang it. Uh, Bob Cottle is backstage yet again. He's interviewing Ricky Steamboat with his wife and child. Uh, Ricky puts over the family unit and Future says that he's not. By the way. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. It's unfortunate his career got cut short with a with an injury. But yeah, so uh, I, I had high hopes for uh, for uh, Richie. Oh, well. Uh, but anyway, I. Uh, Steamboat puts over the family unit and he says that he's not like Flair chasing accolades and records, but instead he's fighting for his family and for the average folks out there. So consummate baby face, man. Because, uh, you know, D Dusty Rose wasn't active in, <laughs> at this time in this company. So someone had to uh, fight for the working man, right? Right. Yeah. Well, did you ever hear when uh, I think it was Bill Watts 
after uh, after Junkyard Dog left the territory, he said, well, I need another African-American superstar. And I, he probably didn't say it that way, but, you know, I'm cleaning it up because <laughs> we're talking about Bill Watts here. So he said, well, I need another African-American superstar. And Dusty Rhodes allegedly said, I'll be African-American superstar, baby. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Well, I guess Akeem was busy. Well, yeah, he he wasn't quite yet a Jive Soul pro, but he would be. Or, or was he? I don't know. Mm, Again. He was because we just talked about that match with on Saturday Night's Main Event and he was involved in it. Well, this was like years before this, but yeah. So, I, I, again, wibbly wobbly, tiny whiny stuff. I, I don't know how them timelines work. But up next, I don't know how this works either, man. It's Sting versus Butch Reed with Hiro Matsuda in his corner. Um, was this that corporation thingy? The Matsuda Corporation, yeah. Okay. I, I think it was a play I, on Robocop, the name of the corporation. So, it. From what I had always been hearing uh, in, in shoot interviews and stuff and people running down timelines, it was because in 1989, there was a thought for some reason that because Japan was getting really into corporations and, and technology building and whatever. So there was like a scare in America that, oh, Japan's taking over everything. So they were like, why wouldn't they take over pro wrestling? And there you go. Dumb. But it is what it is. It, this is one of them things where didn't they just throw every freaking heel into this group? Yeah, but you could say that about almost any group in the NWA or yeah. WCW. Right. You know, the, uh, then, the York Foundation, the NWO eventually, the Dungeon of Doom. And all the timely, like now dated things like the uh, Matsuda Corporation and the York Foundation that we look back at and laugh. But this match, by the way, unfortunately got a ton of time. 20 minutes, 7 seconds. Uncle Dave said that this match bored the crowd to death. Almost bored me to death. Reed plays a hardcore heel in this match. Jim Ross says that he believes Sting has surpassed, quote, his former partners. Wink, wink at, you know, another face painted guy (laughs) over in the WWF. All right. Not that I don't agree with him, but that's not very, that's not a very high bar, but. Well, at this time, and I love the Ultimate Warrior. I don't think I'm barren. I love him, but you know, no. Well, at, well, okay. I guess we were going into WrestleMania five, so okay, I I can see the point because I was gonna, Warrior hadn't won the title, neither had Sting. But no, I think they both went in the same year. So yeah, they did the very next year. By the yeah. way, but uh, Jim Ross said that he believes that. Uh, Sting will lead the NWA into the 90s. I mean, kind of. I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. Uh, But uh, kind of a boring match with many headlocks. Sting goes for a sunset flip, but Reed sits down and grabs the ropes. Referee Teddy Long smacks Reed's hands off the ropes, allowing Sting to roll him up for the pin. They uh, continue brawling after the bell until Sting punches Reed, and Reed takes a tumble out of the ring. Uncle Dave gave this half a star. I gave it a one. What say you? I went a little higher. I thought I thought Reed looked decent here, so I said two. I was bored uh, to tears. And, and looking at it, though, it's just funny. He Reed came back to the NWA from WWE, and like you know, according to rumor and innuendo, as the Podfather yeah. says, um, he was uh, supposed to be the Intercontinental Champion, not Honky Tonk Man, but something happened 
I don't remember everything he know about. Showed. He no showed. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was gonna be like the first breakout black star um, in WWE, anyways. And yeah, he screwed himself. I I love how you know they say, hey, we're gonna make you champ, and then he no shows. Like, I don't want that belt. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That's a you know at the time too, that was an amazing title. I know it's been like ruined in late like. I don't know. It's picking up some steam, but like, you know, it lost its luster. But back then it was, it was a title hold. Like you were pretty close to upper echelon and he blew it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think held it eventually. I think all he would do is win the tag titles with Ron Simmons. Yeah. Who would then go on to be the first big uh, black breakout star, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) Right. Um, But (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. I thought he looked okay in this match, though. I could definitely see why someone would peg him to be something. I'm not going to say he was amazing, but, like, Butch Reed was pretty good. I mean, they were fine, but they were, like, it seemed to me like they were just putting in their time. This was such a boring headlock. Like, I don't fast-forward through these matches unless it's a long headlock, and then you're damn (laughs) right I'm fast-forwarding. And I did a lot of fast-forwarding through this match. I believe uh, Sting is just coming back from an injury, too, if I remember correctly. Or he's about probably. to be injured, one of the two. But I thought it was like, this is the match like we're supposed to watch and be like, oh, this is the next world champion. Just seemed weird yeah. to me. Yeah, hey, everybody, it's Sting. But the mentality back then was not the same as it is now. Keep that in mind, too. Right, yeah. Um, you know. I mean, they, they cheered like crazy during that that weak brawl at the end of the fight or the match. I mean, so that was one of my other notes too, for the whole show is like, man, I forgot how into events audiences got. Like, right. And the NWA crowd was conditioned where it's like, yeah, they wanted good like wrestling, but it didn't take, you know, a backflip to make them lose their mind. Yeah. So, uh, Bob Cottle interviews next. He's in the back. He interviews, uh, Paul E dangerously who says that, the original Midnight Express tonight will now be ravishing Randy Rose and Jack Victory. We've already seen <laughs> And he says it's because Cornette knows Dennis Condry too well, so he's changing the game plan. Dennis Condry, of course, no-showed the event and went home over a pay dispute, never to return again. So, there first, you go. All, how do they get away with calling him ravishing? I don't know, because it was they, they probably had to trademark ravishing Rick Rude and he was ra- ravishing Randy. I don't know. And I think because of the original Midnight Express, he probably used it first. So they didn't want to mess with it. I don't know, pal. God dang. Uh, I um, I'm kind of like mind blown now, knowing that Jack Victor wrestles twice. I didn't know that. Yeah, Maybe I, forgot, I didn't look at that part. Maybe it, it gives me a little bit more appreciation for Jack in this match. Also, side that. note, real quick, it's uh, now telling why uh, Paulie was quick to sign him the ECW when he started running it. <laughs> right <laughs> now, I get it. Yeah, now I get it. Give him. And a they teamed day. him with they teamed him with the King of Old School, so you know it all ties in. There you go. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. Then they they split up the interviews with Bob Connell, by the way, because they do the original Midnight uh, Express entrance, and they come back for an interview with Bob. Uh, he he has Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express with him, uh, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton. Uh, they say that this is the biggest match of their lives. 
Cornette also does a good job of making us believe that Jack Victory actually belongs in the ring instead of Dennis Condry. So kudos to Jim. Uh, but yeah, then we get the actual tag match up next. It's a six man tag, believe it or not. Randy Rose, Jack Victory, and Polly Dangerously versus the Midnight Express of Beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan Lane and Jim Cornette. The loser has to leave the NWA. Going into this, did you understand that it was the person who loses the fall that they're gone? No. Or did you think it was the whole team? Yes, I thought it was the whole team. Or actually, going into it, I thought it was between Cornette and Dangerously. Actually, that's what I thought. I thought it was the whole team is wiped out. They're gone. But uh, like, cause I was like, well, that doesn't make sense because Paulie comes back later with a Samoan SWAT team. So how do they get around that? I mean, it's wrestling, you know, so whatever, but I'm like, what the hell? But no, it's who takes the fall loses their job. That that's important. So keep that in mind. This was just shy of 16 minutes. Uncle Dave joked that there were about 50 wrestlers employed by the NWA and about 12 of them are played by Jack Victory. <laughs> he, he's not wrong. Uh, Uncle Dave thought that it would be the, uh, that this would be death, but Cornette and Dangerously, quote, have hilarious chemistry together in the ring, and it ended up being a pretty good match. In my opinion, after a fairly silly six-man match, I just I didn't care that much. The Midnights hit a double flapjack on Randy Rose that looked ugly as hell. And they pinned him for the win, meaning that he is now out of the NWA forever. No. Uh, yeah. Life Randy sucks. Rose. Okay. Well, I, uh, I, I got to oh, say, go by ahead. the way, the, uh, for me, uh, Sweet Stan and Beautiful Bobby were the Midnight Express. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, the people oh. like, who, who do you think? A lot of people say Dennis Condry. For me, it was those two. Uh, yeah, I think it's because Loverboy Dennis, he was, he was part of the, the Midnight Express when they did the, the big, like the Skywalkers matches and stuff like that. And yeah. most of the feud with the, the, uh, Rock and Roll Express consisted of, uh, Bobby and Dennis. But, uh, I don't know. I, I liked Stan Lane way better than Dennis Condry. And I thought he, he was, I mean, he was a, gr- he was a part of two pretty good tag teams. I mean, the fantastic, Oh, wait, we're, no, the Fabulous Ones. The Fabulous Ones and then, uh, you know, the Midnight Express. So he has that to hang his hat on. Uh, and we all know that he has to wear a hat now because he's bald. But did you know that? Did you know <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this one and one four. Or, I'm sorry, three and one four stars. I gave what? it two and a half stars. Yeah, he freaking loved this. I said two only because, for one, I forgot to mention there were some sweet mullets in this match. No, oh, hell yeah. That. Uh, I thought it was funny seeing Cornette as a face. Just, just like, weird. Yeah. Uh, but did I, did just... think it, I did think it dragged a bit. But Well, he dressed like, and I don't know why this was the go-to, but he when he wrestled, he basically dressed like Andy Kaufman. I noticed that, notice yes. That? I did, yes. He wears like a red bodysuit and like a diver's suit almost. And then he pulls black trunks up over them. He wears black elbow pads and knee pads and black boots. It looked weird. And I think, did, am I correct in thinking, did he wrestle in his glasses or did he take them off? 
I think he took him off. I remember him coming out with him, I think. Yeah. Well, and he said he was blind as a bat without his glasses, so it was hard for him to do anything when, when he didn't have his glasses on. Uh, he probably should have invested in contacts, but whatever. He, uh, yeah, he hit an elbow, like, the, the best spot of the match is the, uh, the Midnight Express do, like, a double drop toe hold to, I want to say it was Randy Rose, and then Cornette comes in and drops an elbow on him, on his back, stands up and does the weirdest strut I've ever seen in my life. That was, that was kind of funny, but yeah, I don't know. I think two and a half stars is just fine for this. It was average. Uh, Bob Cottle's backstage again with Ric Flair. Uh, Flair has Hiro Matsuda with him. Flair calls himself the Golden Stallion and promises a championship victory tonight, saying that Steamboat better be at his best. I counted about 20 woos in this promo, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He, he's he wooed about Flair. He was typical flair he was quiet for a minute and started yelling oh yeah well and he wooed about as much as hulk hogan said no holds barred in that commercial so brother it was it was nuts drinking game every time he woos take a take a take a drink no man you might kill someone doing that baby uh this this next match man this one wasn't terrible it wasn't my favorite of the night by yeah, any stretch of the imagination Sorry. but <laughs> It was Rick Steiner with Scott Steiner in his corner. He is defending the television, the NWA television title against Mike Rotunda. It goes for just shy of 16 and a half minutes. This marked the debut of Scott Steiner in the NWA, by the way. And all he did was stand outside the ring. Yeah. He was looking so, for freaks. Wow. Uh, Uncle Dave. Well, to th- this night, he was Rick Steiner's hookup. <laughs> and Rick did not holler because he did not hear him. Uncle Dave says that the match wasn't good, but it was worked really snug and hard hitting. Uh, I said, and I, I don't know, this was looking back on it. Maybe I was wrong, but I said best match of the night for me so far. Not, not of the night, but so far, I felt it was decent because I was bored to tears so far. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting to see them both in their amateur gear, by the way. So that was pretty nice touch. Yeah, one wearing Syracuse, the other one wearing Michigan. Yeah, so screw him for that. But anyway. Yeah, big blue. (laughs) Yeah, they blew all right. Uh, (laughs) Partway through the match, Kevin Sullivan gets on the mic. And if you're, like, in the arena, not hearing commentary, you're completely lost. Kevin Sullivan grabs a mic and randomly just says, that sure is a nice little dog you've got there in the locker room. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? That sounded so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> he said it just like that. He said it just like that. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm like, what are you going to do to the dog? I I don't know. You don't want to know. I don't want to know. This was... He was going to do to it what Big Boss Man did to Pepper. Good grief. Why? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Oh, I'm just tickling myself over here. Uh, I don't want to know good. about that either. <laughs> On commentary, they put over the fact that they've just gimmicked the crap out of Rick Steiner because who the hell could get could, you know, get behind this hard hitting dog face gremlin that just beat the crap out of people and is a great amateur wrestler, and he, and he barks, and the crowd's behind him. Who, who cares about that? No, 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 no. 
He draws a stupid face on his hand and talks to it. Uh, <laughs> and he calls it Alex. And, and and by the way, people in the crowd were mimicking that, by the way. Like, they were behind it. I'm like... I couldn't tell if they were behind or teasing it. Maybe both. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he did that. And apparently he had a dog that he would bring to shows with him. And yeah. Kevin Sullivan was threatening his dog. So... And he's a sick, I, he's a sick kind of freak that would actually do something to that dog. Well, yeah, he worships the devil. <laughs> allegedly. But yeah, allegedly. It, it, yeah. But, uh, but this distracts Steiner. This does not lead to the finish, by the way. It was. Because why would it? Spot. Oh, of course. The finish comes with Rick Steiner locks in a sleeper hold on Mike Rotunda and lays back with it. And the referee counts Steiner's shoulders to the mat, declaring the passed out Rip Mike Rotunda the winner and new freaking champion. My God, what a finish. Uncle Dave gave it one and a half stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I said two. I just couldn't get into it. I felt they went, uh, excuse me, way too much amateur stuff. It was so geeky. Like, they gimmick the crap out of Rick Steiner. Thank God he eventually teamed up with Scott, and they kind of dropped the gimmicks after a while, except for the dog face gremlin thing. But well, know, yeah, but that worked. I mean, yeah, that one was actually well, and that was like apparently that was his nickname when he was wrestling in college. So, you know, that was like legit. <sighs> Man, even though that was a title match, I just blah. But now things RC Club man was just ahead of his time. Fire. Yeah. Well, we uh, we go to the back uh, now. Things actually start to pick up in the night. So if you've been bored up until now with you know these matches, they actually start to get good. Uh, Bob Connell interviews Paul Ellering and the Road Warriors, who basically talk about how much ass they're going to kick tonight in quote their hometown of Chicago. I think they're actually from Minnesota, but they build them from Chicago because that sounds tougher. So I don't know. I don't remember on the Road Warriors DVD. Do you? Or not? DVD, yeah, they're from the Minnesota. Okay, yeah, it was the Road Warriors uh, Dark Side of the Ring. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, cause I was pretty sure they said they were from Minneapolis, but that, that doesn't sound quite as tough as Chicago. Uh, but up next, we get from the mean Barry Twin Wind- Cities. Yeah. Uh, Barry Windham. Who's def- he also has Hiro Matsuda in his corner. He is defending the NWA United States Championship against Lex Luger. They go for 10 minutes, 43 seconds. The match ends when Barry Windham hits a bridging back suplex on Luger. The referee counts both men down, but Luger pops his shoulder up at two, while Windham does not. So another messed up finish. After the match, Windham pile drives Luger onto the U.S. title. Oh, man, this was I'll, I'll get to the ratings in a second here. But Barry, at one point during the match, punched a ring post and bladed his hand, uh, which was. A uh, setup. Did he blade it? Yeah, I think he was bleeding from the hand a little bit. No, he was. Know. But I'm I, like, did he blade it? I was like, I thought he legit cut it. No, he he because that was a planned spot. I don't think he actually punched it, but I I don't know. Uh, but this was a setup of a cast gimmick when he returned with a uh, from wrist surgery apparently he needed wrist surgery 
Uh, but he never did return, by the way. So he, I think he went to the WWF after this for a little while. Uncle Dave notes that uh, the crowd was turning on Luger. Apparently, Dave was in the was in the crowd, and he claims that the crowd was turning on Luger and cheering for Wyndham, but that does not come across on television. Of course, it doesn't, Dave. <laughs> you know, I I don't understand what these dirt sheet guys' problem is with Luger. Every single one of them run him down and claim that he gets crapped on all the time. I find it funny that one of the first things you and I bond over was like, we both liked Luger. Yeah. Not many people I talked to care for him. And I just, I don't know. I was always a fan of his. Yeah, me too. And do you remember at WrestleCon in uh, New Orleans? I I went right up to his table when I saw him. Like, oh, that's the first one I'm getting. Uh, Just the nicest dude in the world. Just, just the nicest dude in the world. It's really hard to, you know, to shake his hand and see how frail he is and he can't walk anymore. It really yeah. hurts to see that. I know, but, especially when he was like a real life superhero for so many years. Yeah, or he looked right. like one. And uh, um, I just, like I said, that's the first thing uh, you and I talked about. It's like, wow, someone who does not hate Luger. Cool. Yeah, right. Uncle Dave rated this match three and three fourth stars. I gave it three. What say you? I said three as well. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought it showed what Lex Luger was capable at the time. Yeah. Uh, and I still thought that uh, Wyndham, even though he's like in this hot spot, is still, in my opinion, very underrated. I don't think people realize how good that man is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Both of these guys were great. I mean, if there were blown spots, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Everything looked crisp. Everything was intense, too. That's the thing. This wasn't we're talking uh, Vance, uh, Vance Archer intense, dude. Seriously. <laughs> wow. Uh, Lance Archer, damn it. You're using his slave name. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway. Either way, everybody dies, okay? Oh, well, yeah. Um, but either God, way. I hope people get that. <laughs> right. <laughs> they should if they watch AEW. Uh, but yeah, this, I mean, after a night of headlocks, 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 this one was just. I mean, I hesitate to call a, a nearly 11-minute match short and sweet, but compared to what we've seen so far, this was short, yeah. sweet, and to the point. I also need to point out, too, that the finish is, like, so overdone now, but at the time, at the, I feel it was probably original. Yeah. I well, mean, if not original, at least not overused yet. No, but it's like we get two finishes on the show where, you know, the first one with, with Steiner being <laughs> Yeah. And then not, this one. Not, well, the next match, too. Uh, let's not jump ahead. But, yeah, the next one has a pretty screw finish, too. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because right now we go backstage. Bob Cottle is talking with television champion Mike Rotunda, who says that years down the road, no one will remember how he won, just that he won the television title. Which Can I just point always- out, I, I, it's weird saying this because he was good as IRS, but, man, his promos as Mike Rotunda sucked. <laughs> uh he was yeah he was he, he looked he looked more comfortable than he sounded i'll say yeah, that right so i mean but i feel hey. like he was struggling like he had something to remember and like forgot yeah. the script that's what it sounded like to me yeah and then afterwards they're like yeah you're supposed to say oh damn it <laughs> right well keep in mind he was only the second worst promo on the varsity club the yeah, not a high worst bar. 
the worst promo in the varsity club was about to come up and i'm not talking about kevin sullivan but we get uh, the road warriors of hawk and animal with paul ellering defending the nwa world tag team titles against the varsity club of dr death steve williams and games master kevin sullivan this one what was sooner sorry <laughs> uh, from the wrestling capital of the world perry oklahoma Man, I, when they announced that on AEW, man, I could just hear JR getting a chubby. <laughs> <laughs> this match went just shy of eight and a half minutes. Was Maybe you, maybe I misheard them, but did you hear audible LOD chants in the crowd, or was that, were they chanting something else? I didn't notice it. They if I was to go back something. and listen for it, but I didn't notice it, so... I was listening in. I was like, are they chanting LOD? Because I don't remember. Well, they were name. LOD. I mean, they were. Were like, they using that name? No. Well, the group was LOD. They were called the Road Warriors. Oh, okay. Well, but that makes Vince sense. Changed it to, okay. Vince changed the Road Warriors in WWE because he had the Ultimate Warrior already. And right. he wanted to use that. So. Yeah. I learned that yeah. from uh, the Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. I know that one I feel like I've known for years. I don't remember where, but I think I heard it years ago. Yeah, I forget about the Legion of Doom thing, but they did that because it, was it Hawk that was a big comic nerd? Well, probably. Uh, I think they said it was like Hawk was like, oh, the Legion of Doom. Like, you know, he was thinking of, uh, you know, like in DC Comics. But anyway, yeah, so loud LOD chants. You could tell where they were. Match ends with Hawk taking out Kevin Sullivan with a flying lariat off the top. And uh, he pins Sullivan while Winda, or Williams pins Animal. Neither one of them were legal, by the way. Animal and Williams uh, were not the legal men, even though Animal still pops his shoulder up at, like, one. But, you know, who cares? And Williams pretends like he just won the match. And he, like, looks indignant that the LOD won. Whatever. Uh, Uncle Dave... Another screw finish. Yep. Uncle Dave gave this... uh, I'm like, really going to nitpick that much two and one fourth star i gave it two and a half stars i said it was two stars uh i thought it was a typical brawl i did think it was a little short and i felt like it was over when i started getting into it right yeah and sullivan as much as i'm not a fan of his in-ring work ever he didn't do too bad here like he didn't do anything that made me go oh gosh um, he wasn't in the ring a whole lot. I think in the varsity club, he was the 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 guy that everyone just beat up. Whipping boy. Yeah. Uh, he, he was weird in the varsity club, I think. Did he ever wear a jacket, didn't he? Like with a school name on it? Yeah, he did for a minute. Would, do you remember which school it was? I do not. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look because I don't even remember. Okay, so it wasn't Syracuse and it wasn't Michigan. So I thought because I'm pretty sure they all wore different ones. Yeah, well, yeah, because uh, and then um, Doctor Death was Oklahoma, so he had the he had the Oklahoma single. No, Ed Ferrara was Oklahoma. Oh my gosh! Shut up! Just shut the hell up! Ah, uh, minus that. It was crap. easy. I couldn't resist. Sorry. Uh, we go to the back where Bob Cottle is interviewing Lex Luger in the locker room. Luger's head is completely wrapped, like in a cartoon. And uh, he says that he needs stitches. He has a jammed neck, and Barry Windham may have shattered his wrist. 
And then he puts over the fact that uh, uh, he's the U.S. champion. He thanks the fans for having his back and all that good stuff. So from the record for as much. Well, as apparently they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. According to Uncle Dave and uh, Bruce Mitchell of the torch, by the way, he, he says the same thing that uh, the crowd is never behind Luger, which I mean, I have ears, so I disagree. Uh, the the uh, thing about Luger, by the way, a lot of people talk about his bad attitude in the WWF. According to Eric Bischoff and others, he didn't like he wasn't that bad in WCW. He liked it better there. And NW, I, I don't know about NW. Well, to be fair, though, like Sting was like his best friend or is probably still. So, I yeah. mean, that probably helped. Well, I was going to say both of them now have found religion, so they probably are still best friends. But yeah. Yeah, right. Probably more than ever. Right. Uh, but yeah, so Luger, I guess, was fine in the NWA. But at the same time, I guess, like. People, you know, the top dogs like Flair and whatever were hesitant to put him over ever because they they just kept saying, well, he has potential, but not right now. If you go back and watch any, um, let's see, do I say older show, younger show? The early days of the NWA with him there. Oh, yeah. Everybody used the word potential with him. Yep. Yeah, that's what uh, JR always puts over on his podcast. He says, how long? Can you live off of potential? He's like, we got to crap or get off the pot with him. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it. It got annoying after a while, like even in the WWF, they kept, well, someday he'll be the champ. Oh, he's building up. He's going for the title. Never mind. And then I, mean, I still think they should have. And maybe this is like because I'm a fan of his, but I still think he should have been WWE champ once. Oh, yeah, I think. Just, I mean, just try it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what, oh, after they had him literally fly into the U.S. Intrepid on a helicopter and body slam Yokozuna on the 4th of July, or was it better? Was it 4th of July? It was 4th of July, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then that was like literally his peak. Is that? I mean, yeah, you could say he went to the Rumble or, you know, he co-won the Rumble and went on to, to Mania or whatever, but he didn't win. I don't know. It was blah. But, uh, not, not that there's any, not, not that Bret Hart is a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, just acceptable substitute. I mean, he was Bret Hart, but, yeah. you know, Luger should have had it, I thought, at least once. Right. I like how it was between uh, the All-American, the All-Canadian, and the Samoan pretending to be Japanese. Who was probably born in America. <laughs> right. Good grief, there's a lot of stuff there. <laughs> no, so much to unpack. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
clips are shown of various meetings between Flair and Steamboat up next, where Steamboat would uh, had uh, pinned Flair in a tag match <clears throat> using the crossbody. And then uh, later in Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland. Uh, Flair... See, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I did. I, I, I made a note of it. <laughs> like, yep. hold, I'm like, pause for TJ Price Cleveland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would have yeah. did it too, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, in Cleveland, Steamboat comes out to the – or he's in the ring. Flair comes out in, like, a fur coat with a bunch of hot chicks and says – or, excuse me, beautiful ladies. Got to be respectful here. And uh, Put that starts, out. Yeah. Then he starts insulting uh, Flair's – or, uh, excuse me, Steamboat's family and told tells uh, Steamboat to go home and help the missus with the dishes, which would not play in the year 2020. Uh, so Steamboat naturally destroys – Ric Flair's uh, custom-made suit there just rips it to shreds and takes Flair down to his underpants. And, uh, yeah, Steamboat gets the upper hand, but then Hero Matsuda jumps him, and both he and Flair beat Steamboat down. And they're putting over the fact that once Steamboat hits the crossbody, it's over. That's it. Flair can't kick out of it. So I, The crossbody of death. Hell Yeah. And this reminded me of, obviously, you know, not the same, whatever, but I always liked when they did this stuff. Like, you know, oh, he hits the crossbody, it's over. If, you know, that's all he needs to do. Like, I'm reminded of, and this is a weird one to jump to, but in TNA, they put over that it's like, well, once PD Williams hits that Canadian destroyer, it's over, and nobody can counter it until Chris Sabin started countering it with the cradle shock. And they're like, oh, that's it. He just counters in the cradle shock and he wins. And, like, they built that up, like, for, like, two months or something like that for this feud. And I thought I thought that stuff was cool. But I don't know. I did, too. But on the surface, though, at least the Canadian Destroyer makes more sense to be, like, a deadly move than a crossbody. Yeah. Well, crossbody was the one, like, he held his, um, you know, he held him down. And, I don't know, he cradled him when he pinned him. I don't know. But, hey, back then it was a... It was a thing. You know, it was simple moves, I guess. On this promo, though, I just, it just, I don't know. For some reason, it didn't do it for me. And then I was reminded that I don't think Ricky Steamboat was ever great on the mic, ever. No. No, I've never watched a Ricky Steamboat promo and thought, man, that was that was some good yeah. stuff. Like, ever. I just, I think that maybe a mouthpiece would have been good. Yeah, <laughs> but it would have been a little awkward with Ricky I don't know. I think that's why they would give him tag partners and and like tag alongs once in a while. I don't know. Yeah, I just like uh, I watched this. I'm like, man, this guy's terrible. And not to get ahead, but there's another <laughs> promo of him later, which is just as bad. Uh, yeah, closes the show. Um, but, that. And it's like well, I, I get it. He's a family guy, but I don't know. It just seems so unnecessary. Well, it's just man. weird to me that they're counteracting Ric Flair with all of his uh, let's call them escorts. I don't know what they are. Yeah. Uh, and they counter that with a man with his wife and kid. It just well, was yeah, weird to me. Well, it was the contrast. Like, here's the family. Oh, name, yeah. Here's the to- totally, totally. But it's like, I don't know. It just seemed weird seeing like escorts versus a family, one involving a child. Well, I mean, I yeah. get it. It just seems so weird. But we'll talk about this more definitely at Russell War 89 when we do that in a, uh, at the end of the month. But the thing with like Jim Cornette was always like, well, if you want to feel like the everyman or whatever, and I mean, I didn't hold anything against Ricky for this, but I kind of see Jim Cornette's point. He said, 
Well, then he comes out with this basically his model wife. It's yeah, like, right. Look at who I married. It's like I'm sure everybody in the crowd is like, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the main event, man, is Ric Flair with Hiro Matsuda in his corner. He's defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against Ricky Steamboat. Gets plenty of time, 23 minutes and 18 seconds, which oddly enough is a short match for these two. When Flair comes out, he kisses a hot blonde woman at ringside who hands him a bouquet of red roses. Then he throws him into the crowd. I like the contrasting colors, by the way. Flair's in all red and Steamboat's in all green. Uh, Uncle Dave said that he decided to... Uncle Dave said he actually decided to fly out to Chicago because this had the potential to be the best match of the year. And it, and he said he, it managed to exceed even those expectations. He said, quote, it was amazing. That was understatement. But towards the end of the match, Steamboat finally hits the top rope crossbody and takes out both Flair and referee Tom, Tommy Young. Uh, Steamboat tries for the crossbody again, but he misses Flair goes for the figure four. Steamboat rolls him up with a small package. And then referee Teddy Long comes out of nowhere, slides in, makes the three count. And he awards Ricky Steamboat the NWA world title. Uh, Flair and Matsuda then argue once Tommy Young wakes up. But Tommy sides with Teddy Long and he raises Steamboat's hand. Uncle Dave and I both gave this a solid five stars. What say you? Oh, yeah. Five stars. Easy. Yeah. I don't think my my notes were straight and simple. I'm like, this is a five star classic. Enough said. I mean, yeah, that was my notes. Yeah. Seriously, uh, yeah, it's friggin' fantastic. I love this. This was a perfect close to the show. The only I've seen their Wrestle War match. Uh, I've said before I've never seen their their Clash of the Champions match. That's coming up in a couple weeks for us. So I'm excited, but I'm sure that's a five star classic as well. I mean, what else can you really say about this, man? It's it's Flair and Steamboat. Yeah, I just it just felt like it felt like it clicked so quickly too. Like oh, yeah. it didn't take too long to get started. Nope. Also, it's no- funny to point out, by the way, that that title belt has had three different names. <laughs> I realized that going into this. Oh yeah, the NWA World Title, WCW International Heavyweight Title, and then the WCW Title. And then hell four, if you want to just call it the World Heavyweight Title on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, but but that was a different belt completely, though. It was just mimicking the big gold. I think it was smaller, too, because that that belt they're using here, the the original big gold, that thing is huge. Championship, pal. (sighs) Whatever. Uh, Conrad Thompson actually owns that title. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) Right, yeah. The guy who held it a million times is his father-in-law. Uh, but to close the show, man, Bob Cottle interviews the new champ in the locker room, and all the baby faces hose them both down with a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> eh, I bet, I, I'll bet you Cottle never got that deposit back on that tuxedo. Yeah, right. <laughs> Steamboat clearly has alcohol burning his eyes, and but he yeah. won't wipe his own <laughs> face off. Someone finally walks up and wipes his face off for him. And then they spray. And then Michael Hayes comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Sprays him down even more. <laughs> and, and this is that promo I was mentioning, man. He just. I'll give him points try, for being able to do it. Like boy, you can clearly see he's wiping his eyes while talking. But yeah. still. Just, yeah. Kind of brutal. Of I hate to say it. 
Yeah. Uh, Cottle looks like he's trying. He's he's tired of getting soaked in champagne. By the way, if you look over at him, he's trying to keep a happy face, but he looks a little annoyed. Steamboat says that he won't hide as champion and that he'll give Ric Flair the first shot at that title. And we will see that at Clash of the Champions. So, buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice, so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Final rating of the event, man. 411 Mania gave it 8.5 out of 10. Internet Movie Database gave it 6.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.88 out of 10. I gave it 7.5 out of 10. What say you? I I gave it about a C plus, so maybe 7.5. Yeah. I just, for me, one amazing match is not enough to save an otherwise kind of dull event. Right. I think the last three matches were good. The, I don't know, man. They they were, but they weren't like, I don't think they averaged out enough to bump this up to a B. You know, it's like as good as they were. But yeah. also, you got to also think they were like this match. This whole event was about this match. Those are just the other matches. Like, I know a lot of them had story, too. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, that this event's what to remember for. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. This was uh, this is fine. You know, all in all, like as an event wasn't groundbreaking or shattering or whatever. Yeah, I compare uh, it to WrestleMania 25. Like. They had, like, maybe the greatest wrestling match of all time. But other than that, I'm not going to give that event an A because that match was a 10. <laughs> right, yeah. I That's a good that's that's a good way of looking at it, yeah. So, but all right, man. That's uh, that's, that's Chi-Town Rumble 1989. First time I've ever seen it. So this was a treat for me. Uh, even though it's the first time I've ever seen that event, too. I mean, I've seen the match before, yeah. but I don't think I ever watched the event as a whole. So I was kind of... Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff for the most part, even though we talked about it, it was a little boring. But if you can get through the first half, uh, I mean, it, it does start to pick up, especially the U.S. title and the world title matches. Those were my my top two favorites of the night uh, by far. Uh, next week, we've got uh, we, we've we're, we're going a little bit into the future, 10 years into the future, actually, from this event. Uh, we're going to the land of extreme for ECW's Heat Wave 1999. Greg actually picked this one out, which I was a little shocked about. But yeah, looking forward. Well, to I thought we should show some love to the ECW crowd, and I thought this was actually a decent event. So I'll have to watch it. I've never even—I mean, I knew it existed, but I haven't heard of the card or anything on it. So I'm looking forward to watching it. It's always fun to talk about ECW, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, but yeah, so that that is coming up July 8th, July 15th. We've got uh, Clash of the Champions. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me. Was it a six, right? I uh, believe it was Blair. six, New oh, Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in front of a a uh, crowd at the Superdome that uh, Jim Cornette called a piss hole in a snowbank. Hmm. So okay. Basically. There was, I mean, how the hell do you paper the Superdome as much as they had to paper the Superdome? It was embarrassing. Well, also, I want to point out, to, not to jump ahead, 
I'm almost certain the entire event is not on the network. I think there's some editing, like some matches are missing. So wow, that's unfortunate. Well, I'll I'll uh, see if I can dig it up on uh, on the internets, but we'll see. Uh, July 22nd, we uh, we go back to the WWFE, whatever you want to call it, for one of the most talked about in your house events of all time. It was WWF in your house Canadian Stampede took place in July of 1997. It was one of uh, it, it was on Bret Hart's farewell tour, whether or not he knew it at the time. And then finally, we're closing out the month. <laughs> whether you know it or not, you're getting the hell out. <laughs> Well, yeah, he, he is. what a way to put it. <laughs> I don't know if he knew he was uh, bound for WCW at the time, but he uh, would wrestling, be. Yeah. And then we're closing out the month of July on the 29th with uh, Russell War 1989 from July or no, I'm sorry, not July um, from 1989. Uh, that was the close of the Flare Steamboat trilogy. And it was damn good. There's an amazing ending to that show that we will get into on the 29th. Thank you all for listening. Again, follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter. We are at main event underscore marks. You want to email us directly. It's main event pod or main event marks pod at gmail.com. We are on YouTube. If you just type in main event marks, we're the first username that pops up there. Subscribe, people. You get 100 and uh, we can pick our own URL. So that's. That's and whoever, whoever is 100 subscriber will give a stick or two. Yeah, at least. So thank, <laughs> thank you all very much uh, for listening in. Thank you for joining me, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will catch you all next week with some ECW. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hey, guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 